With me on the podcast today is Robert Buccaneri, and if ever there was a great name for a fictional American detective, that is it, I reckon. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. Thank you, Paul. Happy to be here. Did I get your name pronunciation correct? Yeah, just about perfect. It is a wonderful name. I've told you that the first time you ever reached out to me on Twitter, and I promise you at some point i'm going to work that name into a book that surname into a book because it's a gift i think for a fiction. all right i'll be famous then <laughs> yeah but, but just to stress bob no royalties okay no royalties <laughs> okay all right <laughs> i'll have to go with the fame and no fortune exactly that you'll have yes exactly story of my life okay so um let's start then um give us a potted history if you would of your writing journey today how did you get to where you are now uh, yeah, I, uh, I guess I could start with that. I was always a big reader growing up and read all through my teens and 20s and all that and went to work in, uh, in an office working at various financial institutions, banks and the like. And then in my early 30s, I, uh, it's very kind of mystical and airy-fairy and I hate to even, but a voice started coming in my head almost every day saying, you should be writing. And I was unhappy at the bank <laughs> that I was working at. And I just swatted that notion. I was like, well, you know, we should be writing. What is, <laughs> but it wouldn't go away. And even when I moved on to different kind of work that I enjoyed more, I still I ignored it. And another 10 years, John, I think I was 40. I just said, well, this, this is not going to go away. And I think I'm going to, and I started arranging my life, saving money so I could take a year off and write. This is well before indie publishing <laughs> or any, so and I started writing short stories and sending them off to magazines. I got some positive. And, and, and actually, well, actually, before I started, well, I knew I had to quit when I started writing my novel in my office at work. Uh, so I knew I wasn't being fair to my employer. And at, so, so uh, after a bunch of short stories, I got some good feedback on those. I started my first novel. And that was just a forever. I think it was 150,000 words. It was a thriller. And um, uh I took it to two separate, at the time we're called book doctors, but they're developmental editors. One was associated with Hollywood and he would only take on work that he thought he could sell for a movie. And I went, worked with him for about a year, just tearing the thing apart. I think I rewrote it maybe 40 times. Oh. I got my million words in just with that book. Oh, that's painful. Spent, spent way too much time on it. By the time I finished, I didn't know what I had. The most exciting thing at the time was the novel ended up on John Grisham's agent's desk. And he liked it and let me know that he was going to take it to his committee. And so I was so excited, but the committee decided it wasn't quite right. <laughs> and so I got another agent shortly thereafter for my second novel. And uh, she submitted it to 30 different publishers. It's kind of quirky little thing, very kind of literary. And um, I got the nicest rejection uh, letters you can imagine from about uh, half of the 30. But they all said, what, oh, half of them said, well, this is a little too literary. And the other half said, ah, for literary fiction, it's a little too genre and commercial. But send us more when you have it. You know, so the rejections were, went on for years and years. And I slowly kept writing. And, and then I think I ran into uh, Joe Conrad's blog, like a lot of people did back then. And the Kindle came out and... and uh, I was very tired of dealing with, uh, with New York publishing houses. And uh, so I put that first novel, which I had rewritten again and thought it was okay up. And uh, I got a book bub for it pretty quickly. At the time, I think it was a little easier than it is now. 
and that's how I got my first reviews and sales. And um, so uh, that's basically it. From there, um, you know, I've published. I think I think I've written seventeen or eighteen novels, and I think I have maybe at the moment thirteen of them up. Three or four of them are a little too. They would need work. They're very literary, and uh, uh, I know they're not going to sell them if I, I polish them to a, a fine uh, perfection. I, I don't think they'd sell uh, on Amazon very well. So I think my yeah my my problem was I need to up my production from one or two books a year to more than that. <laughs> but I finally the other issue was I was I've written uh, young adult children's a lot of mysteries and thrillers. And a lot of them are standalone. And not until three years ago did I start a series of which I'm just starting the sixth book. Um, okay, so um, what I must ask you about that then is you said you, you heard of Joe Conrad. And, and then was that where you said, okay, I'm stopping the traditional roots now and I'm going pretty to. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much, yes. I, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I try to remember, it was probably 2013, something like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, a, I think once uh, a, a agent contacted me from, I, I think he'd seen some of my work and and asked me. I said, well, if you can, uh, if you can sell something you have of mine, fine, but I'm not going to submit anything else. And so I was basically done with traditional publishing. I'm not averse to it, even now. I would consider a hybrid model, but it would have to be such a sweet deal. I doubt they'd offer it. Uh, you know, it would have to be a, a large upfront. Uh, cash and all that and knowing they would they were promoted and all not that I'm making all that much money but I just like the control that I have and I've had too many horror stories from friends of mine who have been published um, unless you're one of the, the very top minority that uh, that really get the publishing and advertising behind them it's very difficult and the, the advances are very small in most cases yeah and I would say that you demonstrated well above average tenacity if you revise that first book 40 times I mean that I'd have given up long before then that's yeah I should have I should have <laughs> it's ridiculous isn't it it's ridiculous if it's yeah, not the best thing you do is move on to the next one and forget the first one and just move on because you're going to get better at what you do I didn't know what I was doing then I was a, I, I was a fairly decent writer I think from the beginning but I didn't know what I was doing in terms of structuring the novel so, uh, and the developmental editors helped, particularly a man named James Frey, who wrote, who wrote How to Write a Damn Good Novel. He sat down with me once for five hours. I think I, I paid him a small amount to, to give me a little review of the book. And uh, he spent five hours with me and I wasn't paying him for it. And he, uh, he, he was actually the one who I knew I was on the right path when he said, he said something like, uh, how could you have worked in an office? For that long when you can write like this so yeah. that was, it was so encouraging to us as someone who was trying to write so no that's really good to hear now also very interesting there was that you said that it was a book bub that gave you your first launch so my next questions are about sales and reviews your first book bub gave you sales and reviews now my yes. um, my first book, Bubba, and, and I, I was away in when I got my first book, but I think I got rid of over about 30,000 free books. So how many were you shifting then? You know, how I think the first time was all, was 55,000. Wow. Wow. And that was when they were much smaller. I don't know what happened with that book. I don't know what. It had a terrible cut cord. I don't know what the time, a terrible cover. It 
book itself is probably my lowest reviewed book. It's I, I don't think it's, it's less than four. And uh, you know, I I I could go back and make it better now, but I just don't I don't <laughs> at the time. It still sell it does okay, but it, you know, I don't it, it was my first book. So and it's still I think some a lot of readers still like it, but people have criticisms of it too. But I just got lucky with that book bub that there were there were just a ton of people downloading for some reason. I don't I don't know, can't explain it. But I got a good number of reviews then. Before then, it was like begging people. I had a link in the back of the book if they please give me a review. And, you know, as everyone, it's very difficult. I tried a couple of the newsletter, additional newsletters, too, and got a review here or there, small number of sales, but not a lot. Yeah, okay. And then presumably that was not part of a series. Presumably was that a, was that a paid deal? Uh, that was free <laughs> and it was uh, not part of the series. So I didn't do anything with it yeah. and I didn't have a new, uh, uh, mailing list. And even, I think probably I, I'm not, I, I still haven't developed the mailing list like I should. I've, I've just avoided it. It's not, I, I, I go on a, I'll send a bunch of newsletters out and get going for a while. And then, you know, I don't follow up and I've got to get better autoresponder series and all that. That's probably been my biggest failing everyone says you have to have a newsletter and, and, um, and it, you have to engage and, you know, so that's been probably my biggest failing, I think. Well, you, you and me both. I mean, I, I know how it works. I've been doing it since the days of internet marketing. So I know when it works, right. Right. It can be, it can be magical, but I'm the same as you at the time of recording this. I don't think I've emailed my list for a year. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's that long. They'll have forgotten who I am, but by, by the time I email them next time, but you know, I think that it's like everything, I think, that, that if, if people are waiting for your next book, you know, you've got this hungry audience, like a, a yeah. Stephen King audience, then actually it works. But everybody says you've got to have a mailing list. But, you know, the reason I'm not doing it is because I'm not really getting that kind of response that I want from it. And I did get it from Facebook ads. And, that, and that's really why I'm, you know, I'm focusing on what works and I'm not right. doing what doesn't. So, I mean, have you presumably you're not doing it because it hasn't worked for you either. Right. It hasn't. I don't know if it hasn't worked because it won't work or because I just haven't been consistent enough with it. You know, that's that's the chicken in the egg. I don't know. I don't know. But I intend to do more by the end of the year. Um, but I, I'm I'm just about to launch. I'm using your your book, uh, Five Figure Fiction, <laughs> uh, to I, I'm putting together a seven pack now that I finished my novel finally. And, um, and then I'm going to try that. I notice a lot of people who have these multi-packs, but I also notice that many of them are fairly high in the, in the rankings um, at 99 cents. Uh, a lot of people are doing well with that. Hopefully it's not oversaturated, like everything gets saturated too much. But And uh, yeah, I just started using book Russian and trying to put together ads. So I'm going to start that probably next month or so and see how that goes. So you're going for the read strategy, the page reads? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it, um, it's, I mean, it's still working for me, not not in a big way, but I've had the same old ads working, you know, running since January last year. I haven't done anything with them. And although they're nowhere near as effective as they were when we were having five-figure months, they're still, you know, making it my number one bestseller with the page read. So yeah, it's amazing how one, this is one box that you've done so well from. And it's yeah. just, that, that's just... The 1,600 and something reviews or something i mean you yeah, i noticed that how many <laughs> i think i only have three or four hundred on my my highest uh one but hopefully that'll you know and the other thing i've had difficulty lately and, and very getting very discouraged so i read i read the i think you mentioned him last week his name nick thacker 
um, that I heard on the Wish I'd Known Then. Um, I can't, so I, I used to get probably one out of three times I, I, I would submit to BookBub. Early on, I would get accepted. And now I think the last 10 times I've been rejected. It's, yeah, I was back to, oh, my God, here we go back to mainstream publishing. And <laughs> so I was getting down. Then I read his book. And it's very, it's not anything new. You would know everything in it. But he has that system with a tracking system and all uh, uh, on it. And, but he, interesting thing, like he doesn't think being in KU affects it at all. He doesn't, and he says, I know most authors don't agree with me. He's had a book by every two months for three years. He said he was, he submitted 360 times and been accepted 38 times. So <laughs> one out of 10. So that's, I'm, I'm just not submitting enough, you know, so. Yeah, but I, I know what you mean. You see, this is why I was interested in that spreadsheet that I mentioned in last week's diary, because I, I'm like you, I, I diary it, but I quickly lose track of when it's 28 days and I quickly lose track of my genres. And before you know it, like you, I'm thinking, oh, crikey, it must be a couple of months since I last submitted. And I, I just lose track of it. I think yeah. you need something constantly telling you when you can submit it. You've got to be relentless, right. relentless with it. Yeah, if you have enough books, he was saying that you he, he can almost submit. <laughs> Like certainly every week, but every few days, every couple of days when he's got 30 some odd books, I think. So that's my other thing is getting more books out there. I've got about half what I need to have, but that's just a separate topic in increasing my writing speed. But Well, you're, you're lucky. I do, think the, I do think the box set system works as soon as you've got it and uh, you're writing in the right kind of genre as well. But I mean, that, that page reads thing was just a big surprise to me that you... You know, I, I kind of cover my Facebook ad costs with sales and I make my money on the reads. It would be phenomenal when you see, yeah. I mean, I, I, listening to your success, uh, phenomenal number of page reads. And I see some of these other people and the kind of page reads are winning the top awards. It's just amazing, the millions and millions of pages. So, yeah, I've got three box sets now. I think by the end of the year, I intend to have six or seven of various size. And I really am going to kind of emphasize those. I do think they're attractive to readers at the right price. Yeah, definitely. So, so what else then? Obviously, BookBub is, is is great when you can get them. What else is working for you with your marketing at the moment? Um, the uh, Amazon ads probably I've used more than any, and I varying success uh, with Amazon ads. Uh, I probably you know I'm running. I'm running a profit. They're, they're all either small. I haven't touched them for quite a while, and I find it's. With Amazon ads, once you get the right one, it, you don't have to fool with it very much. You look at it occasionally, but I've got ads I've been running for well over a year, and they're still doing okay. Although recently, <laughs> I take care of my wife. In the last two weeks, everything's kind of cratered. I don't know why. I have to take a look and see. I'm just like, you know, after a year, I'm going to have to start looking at those again. Um, and uh, then I do the occasional free booksies and many books, e-reader news today, those maybe twice a year, I'll put together a whole package of those. The last one, I had a huge uh, uh, you know, push at the end of the year when I had uh, the fourth book coming out of my series, the Max Planck series. And, uh, but I, that was centered around getting a book bub ad and I didn't get one. I lined up everything and had just, went all in on Amazon ads, increased my, my uh, price per click to a ridiculous level for a couple of weeks and uh, ended up losing money. <laughs> so, but you know, if, if I snagged the book bub ads, which I just expected to, um, it would have been successful.
you know, so next time I'll be a little careful, make sure I have a book of ad secured before I spend money on everything else. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all, you know, very hit or miss. You know, I know, you know people in the indie world are very good at sharing tips, but what works for one doesn't work for others, I think. You know, very ultimately, true. I think you have to find your own path ultimately. And to find your own path, it's going to be a bit of a Frankenstein's monster of, of all sorts of bits, I think, in the end. I agree with you. I, and I've, uh, so I'm just going to start book, Facebook ads. I, I'm experienced with Amazon ads. I've scaled a couple times with some success, but it, you know it's more difficult to do. And uh, then I, I tried BookBub ads twice, I think, and just lost money out the who's I've got David Gogrin's book, and I've got to really probably <laughs> spend a lot of time with it. And it takes so much time to A-B test and all that, but I, I think Facebook ads might be a a bit better to start with for me. Um, I think so. My, my impression of BookBub ads, and I really enjoyed uh, Dave Gochran's book. I thought, it, I thought it was an excellent step-by-step uh, -step breakdown and it all made yeah. perfect sense. But, but as I was saying before, it, I can't make it work for me. I can make it spend my money. It, I can make <laughs> it burn my money on the fire, but oh, I can't yeah. get results from it. You know, I'm, I, I get clicks and things, but I don't, I tell you what, I just don't see the sales in, in the BookBub ads. And that, that's what worries me. It burns my money. And I can't correlate it with sales. And so I, I get scared very quickly because I don't want to yeah. be burning money, obviously. Yeah, my understanding is that it's good for launches and things, but it's very short term. You could have success for a week or two, but then you know have to know when to stop because it's not going to be like Amazon ads where you, know, you can just let them simmer at a low level and for, for months with the same ad. You've got a book bub as you can make at a launch, do very well and really increase things, but then then you got to back off. You can't continue. They're going to stop. So I, I don't know. That's, uh, I was gonna I'll, get, say that, I'll get back to that maybe at some point. <laughs> well, you know, the, the person who finds a way of letting us track our, our ads, you know, so that if I could run Facebook, BookBub and Amazon ads, and I could track which ad made a sale, if we can ever crack that, we'll we'll be off but i think that we run so blind as indie authors because we're sending people to amazon pages i mean even with my facebook ads you know I, I i still don't know exactly i look at what i've spent i look at what i've made on the book and i make sure i'm in profit but not all of that's come from the facebook ads and and so it's very difficult to get precise figures you have that pixel the, you know, the pixel tracking it at all or i know some you're not supposed to really do that according to amazon but i know some people do it temporarily at least to see that which ads are working do you do any of that or no no so i, I won't use the um you've got the technique where you use an affiliate link uh, for, yeah for, for the amazon I, I won't do that because when you know as i was saying in the five figure fiction formula there was a time when i had you know thousands of pounds on a credit card and if right. Amazon had suddenly said, well, I'm sorry, you've cheated the system. We're blocking your accounts. Oh, right. That'd be terrible. <laughs> it, it would have just been disastrous. So I, I won't, I just won't cheat with the rules, uh, right. you know, because you'll also remember, I think you've probably been listening to the podcast long enough to remember when Facebook completely blocked my ads account um, and just would not talk to me. I remember that. Yeah. That's just, uh, you know. And, and what, what do you do then when they won't even talk to you about it? What, what could you do? It's, it's yeah. When you're having to deal with AI and algorithms, it's just awful trying to get a human being to attend to your, your issue. It's, it's terrible. 
And and the other uh, in the diary the other week, you know, I said to you I'd had the warning about one of my books that was supposed to be Amazon exclusive was listed on a site in Mexico, which I had no oh, control yeah. over. Yeah. And they were telling me there in that email, Amazon was saying to me, you know, we will we'll pull all the bonuses and all the all the money you've got because you're in breach of the contract. Now that that would have been a disaster when I had all that money on the oh, credit yeah. card. So yeah. I, I will I play it completely by the rules. So that if something do, like that does happen, I can hopefully buy my way out of jail. Uh, that you know, with with having been honest about it. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But, it, but in the meantime, you know, we need better tracking, don't we? I, I wish we don't need absolutely. Only take, yeah, that would take Amazon to change that rule. And it is, and I don't, you know, I, I guess they have their reasons. I don't understand why they don't allow more or be helpful in that way. And then you, you know, you you'd have a tendency to maybe use their their ad services more if you could track a little better. So I, I don't know. It would certainly help. And um, because of course, when you're, when you're sending traffic to Amazon pages, you can't put the Facebook tracking pixel on those pages either. So you can't, right. you, all these tools are available. We just can't use them and they yep. would help us <laughs> so much, I think. And, right. yes. and also of course our margins are so low, aren't they with books? You know, it's not like, I'm selling a, you know, I'm selling something for a hundred pounds. I don't have any, wriggle room at all when I'm selling books. Right. That's so, why the, this series now, which I'm up to six books and I want, I need to get it even longer and, and as quickly as I can. But uh, that's the only way that Amazon ads work. If I just had the one, the standalones are difficult. That's why the box set's good and link it then to the series, hopefully. Um, but you need to have at least three or four books to uh, make any kind of advertising make sense in, a, in some kind of a series or I said the box set's going to work, but. Otherwise, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Now, that's my my conclusion after all this time flailing <laughs> you know, with right. it. So that that's your marketing then. What yeah. tools are you using to make your indie author life easier? You mentioned that you're using Bookbrush a moment or two ago. What are the sort of tools? I just started with Bookbrush. I'm still, but it seems pretty pretty uh, intuitive, and even for a complete non-artist like myself, it seems to be pretty good. Um, well, of course, Vellum. Just Vellum is like. Uh, a dream come true. I can't believe it, especially for the box sets, putting those together with vellum. Uh, so that's just that I recommend that to anybody. It's just, just, just wonderful. Uh, book funnel. I have my, uh, I have a spinoff novella uh, with the sidekick of my main character in my mystery series. And I've written a novella and I give that away uh, as a reader magnet, which I haven't pushed too much. I mean, it's on my website and I've uh, let my newsletter followers be aware of it. Um, and if I got a good response to that, I have a second book almost already written, a novella. And I, I don't know about a novella series that I would take it out. And I'm not sure how that good that would do, but the, I liked writing the shortest 25,000 words, I think. And that would be nice, but I, I've heard mixed things about novellas. Some people say you can sell them, some not, you know, I don't know. But, but I, it's still a spinoff. I'm thinking of spinning off somehow is another series. So uh, book funnel has been nice for that. Um, and uh, I use pro writing aid. I have the same complaint you do about it not taking my whole manuscript. <laughs> and uh, I don't do the, the deep use that Dan Sewell seems to do. I mean, it's my, mine is just like a, almost like a proofread uh, before I send it to my editor and maybe after. Um, so it has a lot of information that I won't use and, and some information saying what grade level 
your book is written at and if it's comparable to others in your genre and things like that generalities. I find it, I find it pretty helpful. So, Good. um, and what are you writing with? Um, you, you haven't mentioned Scrivener or anything like that yet. How are you I, 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 I hesitate to say what I use to, to write on. I use pages, Mac pages, <laughs> the Macintosh <laughs> software, because it's so, it's, I've written with it forever. It's so simple. It doesn't have every, all of Microsoft word has. And I just export it into Word or any other format and then dump it into Vellum and it's it's done. It works for me. Um, I, I looked at Scrivener and I, I just, you know, I just felt they didn't need it. I need to spend the time learning it and, and all that. People just rave about it. But Pages has worked for me. And, it, you know, it's almost like it may seem like some people, if you're writing on pen, pen and paper, but, <laughs> but it, it, it works. It's a, it's a software program uh, and, uh, you know, it works. Yeah. And as you say, once it's in Vellum, Vellum just waves yeah. a magic wand over it anyway, doesn't it? Right. It really doesn't make any difference. As long as you get it in, in a format that they accept, they take care of the rest. So it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. I, I've been I work, writing that. in that for forever. And uh, I don't see, I see no reason to change. So no, no if it works, and it ain't broke. You, know, you don't need right. to fix it. You, you were know, saying so. you're thinking about going off uh, Scrivener, right? Because of not, uh, because of, wanting to write where you travel and they don't have a, a where you can use it online. Yeah, it's, it's pretty old-fashioned, really, isn't it? You know, having a, a downloadable software these days, that's quite an old-fashioned thing and not having a, uh, you know, a web app version of it. I think they've got one for the iPhone, if I remember rightly, but I'm not touching Apple. I'm, I'm afraid I'm a, a, you know, definitely not an Apple uh, user. Uh, in terms. Yeah, of I've heard that. I, I just went from my first computer was a, Apple, and that's all I've ever used. So, you know, I nobody's ever read a switch from that. It just, so. Um. Well, my, my wife worked out the other day that she's had my, I bought uh, a MacBook Pro years ago when I was doing internet marketing and hated it. And I stuck with this thing for about half a year. And the reason, the reason to be honest with you, why I hated it was because I, I was using things like Dreamweaver to make websites then and, and Photoshop. And those things were not in the cloud in those days. They were downloadable softwares. And ah. so I partitioned my Mac so that it could run my Windows software because I didn't like the Mac versions. And it was full before I'd even drawn breath. So it just, in those days, it just wasn't what I wanted. To be fair, nowadays, everything's in the cloud. It wouldn't really make a lot of difference to me nowadays, I don't think. But my, my wife's had that computer for nine years now. I mean, they oh, wow. that, that you know and she, she loves it she loves it and it's uh, so they certainly last i'll give them that you get yeah. value for money from them but i'm just not I guess a, there's less of a chance of getting viruses although you still can <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just not an apple guy you know uh, i don't think i'll ever be convinced i'm i'm into chromebooks now but they're not they're just a little bit they're good for travel you know because if you lost a macbook pro on the road for instance you know i'm doing this digital nomad thing now i don't want to be traveling around with a a laptop that's worth you know, two thousand pounds. Right. Or yes. Like <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. Whereas a, a Chromebook is, um, they that you get one the, the same build. You know, the same weight as a MacBook Pro. Nice metal chassis, and they're about yeah. um, three hundred pounds. So if you lost yeah, one of those, they're very reasonable. Some people, I know people have them, love them. Yeah. Mm, I love the speed of it. Yeah. It's just they're just not quite there, unfortunately. You can't quite do everything that we need to do on them. So I'm just trying to work through those problems now. Okay, so this is the this is the bit where we do the psychology, where I say to you then, in your author business, what should you be doing a bit more of? 
We know my email marketing is one of those things. And, and what should you should be doing a bit less of, do you think? <laughs> um, more of it is just uh, keeping my butt in the chair. I'm an older guy, so <laughs> my butt in the chair and writing more novels. I got to put out, I think in order to be successful, I, some people can release as slowly as I have been and because they're better at marketing or whatever uh, um, and better in engagement. If you're really good in engagement, uh, I think you can make it work. Um, but I, I need to have more books out. So I've got about, you know, as I said, 13, 14 now. I've got more than that written, but that's what I feel the saleable ones are. And I want to be up to 20 by the next uh, early, by early next year or so. And then with the box, that's the thing I can market them more. And then, then, then really spend more time on the particularly Facebook where I've, I've waited, I think, too long to, to dive into that. So, and added that to Amazon and then be more consistent with submitting to BookBub, which is so key. So um, I'd like to, yeah, so writing is uh, doing more of that. <laughs> what, what about the less of? What about your bad habits? What do you need to do less of? Uh, procrastinating. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to. I have this written down here, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, come up with any less of. I'm fairly happy with you know what I'm doing. You know, so so, and I've got a whole new. Now, I, I guess uh, I've been doing a slightly more outlining. I'm a total pantser, so um, I jot down a couple of notes, and it's easier to do when you have a a series where I know all the characters. And I can just come up with a, an idea and do that. But I like to know what the end, I'm trying to, I sketch out in a couple of pages and I normally outline as I go along. So that's very important to me is after I finish each chapter, I do my outline. I don't outline before because then it really helps as I, I go back over it. But uh, yeah, I wish I had some less of, I, I'll, I'll keep on, on thinking about that one. I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, this next part of the interview is where you get to earn commissions every time you mention my podcast, because this is okay. right. <laughs> five dollars a mention. <laughs> so, no, excluding this show, what are your go-to sources for you know tips and information? This could be blogs, it could be podcasts, you know, books. Where do you go to learn? Well, mainly, I put it as the British Invasion too. And the Beatles and the Rolling Stones came over. All the British guys seem to be the best and the most helpful. I found. I mean, David Gogren and Nick Stevenson and Mark Dawson and you and Joanna Penn. There, I mean, there are some people here that are good, but for some reason, you guys really have been for me. Uh, I love you guys, and um, and then podcasts. I, I like. Uh, Wish I'd known then. Six figure authors. Um, and, uh, then I spend time, you know, whenever I can, if I have an issue, usually I'll go to 20 books to 50 K Facebook post thing. I'll ask a question. I try to go in there sometimes and answer questions too, for people. So I try to say someone involved, I'm not there every day. I, I usually glance at it. So I'd say those are my primary. There's a few others, uh, uh, podcasts. I listen to Mark's and Joanne's depending on the topic and all yours. I always listen to. And, uh, in fact, the last day, I think I'm going to light a candle and I give you a bow to the east across the Atlantic Ocean to England and say thank you. <laughs> There's something about you and your personality and learning about your life that really has resonated with me and, uh, and your information has been such as watching you trial and error, improve and all that. It's, it's really, I really appreciate it. 
It's funny. Well, th thank you for saying that. I, I, I get that a lot. And this is why it keeps making me feel guilty about stopping, you see, because I, I just think people must be bored of this stuff by now. And then, you know, people say things like that. And I think, oh, maybe I better do a few more then. And, and, and this is this is the vicious circle I'm caught up I, in yeah. at the moment. I, mean, I totally understand you've been doing it for was almost five years uh, now. And you probably feel like you've said just about everything you have to say about any publishing, writing and all that. And, yeah, I mean, I'd love for you to continue it, but I totally understand that yes. you're able to move on to something else. Well, if it's any consolation to you having this conversation, I've been thinking about it today, thinking, oh, should I, should I? I, I have this constant, you know, this constant to, to and fro um, with it. I, I, I think it is, is going to end because it's not fair to keep saying, you know, will he, <laughs> won't he? I, you know, I just need to just shut, shut up and do it. Uh, yeah, I, think. I mean, you could do something like, uh, and I'm not trying to uh, <laughs> do it, do it maybe once a month or once every two weeks, just like an update if you felt, if you wanted, if that was of interest to you, rather than yeah. a weekly obligation where it gets to be wrote for you. So, yeah. That, you know. Well, as I was saying to you, you know, before we started recording, part of the problem is, is you know, I keep going to Spain and uh, and I've got no routine at all. It was the most natural thing on earth to do when I was when I was in routine. The podcast was the most natural thing on earth to do because it, I, I would almost finish my writing week on a Friday. I almost look forward to it because I would tell all of you what I've done all week and, and it, it gave you a sense of accomplishment. But my life's been all over the place since October in a very good way, in a very good way. I'm very, you know, I'm very happy with it, but it's, it's organized at the moment yeah. you know that that sort of podcast doesn't feel like it it fits in it was it's almost like when you went to work you might go for drinks with all your workmates on a friday that's what the podcast has felt like the to me for years that oh i'm, I'm done for the week you know the, the week's yeah. over and um i haven't had that feeling with it since you know october because we're, we're all over the place we have no routine yeah and um yeah see how it goes for a while and maybe you know you well, that's it. Back. No one's going to blame you if you come back and start podcasting again. No one's going to get upset. <laughs> I know. Well, don't switch it off is all I'll say. Don't switch the feed off. You just never know when I might pop up again. You just never I'll know. Check it occasionally. I'll check it occasionally. I'm, I'm feeling embarrassed, though, about, you know, playing people around. That's really what it is. I'm embarrassed about, you know, coming and going. Uh, I, I think that's that, that is not an issue, I don't think. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll take I'll take the word for it, and I'll, I'll bear it in mind. If I ever get a routine going again, then uh, you know we'll 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 look at it. Um, are you planning on on half time in Spain, half time in England now, or you just don't I, know? I can't say until the co the COVID thing settles yeah. down, because although my kids, uh, you know, are inverted commas gr grown up, I've only got one really who's who's you know not not going to want to come home anymore. The other two, I still need to provide a. A roof over their head during the summer vacation period and at, at a time when I could have went before COVID when you could have just said jump on a plane and join us wherever we are I can't say that with any certainty at the moment so it, it's making I guess you're still kind of locked down but where the United States is completely for better or worse we're completely opened up now I mean there's not any restrictions of any sort other than if you go to a hospital uh, you gotta still wear a mask otherwise it's just well, I hope it it, it's, the, it's the flying that's the problem. The, the, the flying yeah. is the problem. So, for instance, um, you know, we're not. I'm not supposed to come to Spain. It's only because I've got paperwork and uh, I'm, you know, I'm working over here that really I've got a kind of legitimate, legitimate kind of legitimate excuse 
the you can be over work. here. Mm -hmm. but we're not really supposed to be here on holiday. And when I go back, I'm going to have to quarantine. I'm going to have to pay a lot of money for tests and things still uh, when I go back to the UK. So, you know, travel, we're not free to travel at the moment. And so I, what I can't risk is my kids being on summer holiday, house being locked up, and they have nowhere to go. And that's oh, really... Yeah, definitely. yeah that'd be tough. That's, that's the issue. That's the issue. So otherwise, I think you wouldn't see me for dust. I don't think. Uh, if uh, well, hopefully that'll clear. That hopefully that'll clarify over there in the next few couple of three months, and you you know things will open up more. I yeah, hope. yeah. It, it'll it'll take a while, but you know the vaccines are out, and you know they've done a yeah. good job in the states, doing a good job in Europe. So yeah. I, I think things will open. Just got to be patient, haven't we? More patience is what's required. I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot and say to you then, if you could you know, look at your author journey to date and then give one piece of advice to other newer writers, what would you say? I would say uh, read a lot, particularly in your genre, and, um, and, but also outside your genre. Just do a lot of reading. Read a lot of, lot of novels. And, um, and also, and then spend a lot of time just button chair. Spend a lot of time writing. You should, if you can, write every day. Everyone isn't built the same way. It doesn't have to be every day, but on a consistent, have a consistent schedule. And when you sit down, you know, I use a, a timer and do a writing jags where mine are an hour long. But even an hour, two hours, or if you if you do twenty minute writing jags, make sure you yeah do do them as frequently as you can and and. Uh, it helps for me to have a word count and whether I hit it or not. Um, and uh, so I just recommend that, that, you know, you have to write and you have to read lots of it and study crafts or some really good craft books that you can, uh, if you're that kind of person, you can get a lot out of, I have. Um, so it's primary, primary advice, stick with it. It takes time. No, I, the, the flash in the pan or the lightning strike of a bestseller is rare in mainstream publishing or indie publishing. It's extremely rare. It's, you're gonna to need to write, writing one book is an accomplishment to be proud of, but you need to write, keep on writing books and, and don't worry too much about marketing them till you have several books out and continue that. And, and after a while, success will come if you, if you do those things and you've, if you've written good books that readers like. No guarantees, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, never any guarantees. Yeah. So yeah. my next question was going to be what's next for you in your author business, but I think you've outlined that very clearly. So I'm going to change that question slightly. And I'm going to say to you, for you to sort of feel like you've made it in your author business, what, what would that take? Is it, is it the movie deal? Is it the traditional deal? Is it the cash, you know, the acclaim? How would you feel you've made it? Um, all that would be nice. That's that. That would be. I think that I don't know what what the level would be. It's not a particular level of income at this point. Or it would be. I want more people to read my work. You know, I want to go from having a few hundred people who look forward to my work to, you know, thousands possibly. So I just want, you know, I want to be higher in the rankings of my my books and in the store be selling more and. Uh, you know, the more people who are reading, whether it's KU or buying the book and, and reading it, the happier I'll be. Um, so I think it's just overall that. I, uh, it's funny, I got contacted by a, a fairly well-known, I don't know what happened with it, but fairly well-known Hollywood star. And his, his assistant 
asked for the first book of my mystery series. I have no idea why or where. And so I send it off to them. And um, it was like six months ago. <laughs> I, I, I emailed them back once uh, and they said, well, we're still looking at it. <laughs> so I don't expect to ever hear anything from them, but uh, I won't, I won't say his name because it, you know, I don't, it's, but it's, he's fairly well known. And, and uh, I was very excited. I like him as an actor and, but it doesn't look like anything's going to come of it. And no, that would be, uh, everyone would, would like a bestseller or a, a movie made out. But I, I mean, the, the, the mainstream uh, published, be nice to see it in a bookstore. And that used to be my dream when I was very young, but it, it's not so important to me anymore. As long as readers can find my books and read them and enjoy them. And I'm getting feedback that that's the case. Then that, that's really what I'm, all I'm looking for. Here I am thinking, right, George Clooney. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Going through the list. He's, a, he's a, a, almost a list star, but probably just, just slightly below that. But <laughs> now you've got us thinking. Okay. So I, uh, you can, if you, if you, uh, uh, if you want to stay on for a second after the podcast, I'll give you his name. Okay, yeah, and it'll be. Um, I'll protect my sources and all of that. I won't divulge. Yeah, don't, don't. Uh, I'll deny. I'll deny it if you. <laughs> if you no, no. I've been a journalist for years. I know how to keep the information flowing, Bob. You keep your mouth shut when somebody gives you, uh, you know, a, a tasty morsel. So I, I promise I'll do that. Okay, okay. so la last question for me. This is where you get a chance to sell yourself online. Where can we go to find out more about you? Uh, best place is to type my name. If you can spell it right, in the Amazon, you get my author page, Robert Bucchinari. Uh, my website is rjbucchinari.com. Um, and uh, other than that, it's not, you know, I'd say if you if you Google my name, B-U-C-C-H-I-A-N-E-R-I, you'll get a whole page of links to me. So Brilliant. Bob, it's been great talking to you. We've been chit-chatting, it seems like, for several years, actually, on Twitter <laughs> an email yeah, and uh, thank you for your support on buy me a coffee you're a very regular on buy me a coffee thank you you've, you've left me hyper with all the coffees you've bought me in the past <laughs> but thank you for that and it's been great chatting today thanks for joining me i've enjoyed it thanks paul <laughs>